cue live read in three, <laughs> two, one. Shack News. The Big Play Reef Log Show is brought to you by ShackNews.com. Shack News is the place to be for all your gaming needs with the latest news, guides, walkthroughs, and reviews. Like this week's featured article, a review of Sonic Frontiers, which places everyone's favorite hedgehog in new wide open, open world settings. And with the election day tomorrow, be sure to check out this week's Shack Chat, where the team debates their favorite politicians from video games. Remember that you can join in on all the discussions using the Shack News Cortex. So if you're a gamer, Shack News is the site for you. Check them out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch at the handle at Shack News and at Shack News. It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed, heavyweight podcast of the world! The Big Play! Reflux Show! Welcome to the Big Play Reflog Show. What is going on, everybody? Happy Monday. Happy bye week. We got the full crew here. It feels like a bye week. Everybody's here. <laughs> yes, yes. Quarantine as the book falls. What is going on? My favorite people, Gab Cruz, Nick Padone, Dollar Dog Nick, and Mr. Chris McNeil. Chris, how we doing, man? We set the show back about 25 minutes. Time change, right? Yeah, we didn't change the clocks back this, uh, this show <laughs> just by 25 minutes, but... It's not about how you start, Chris. It's about how you finish. So That's exactly <laughs> right, Nick, and I'm ready to go. That is right. All right, we've got a great show. We're running late, so we're going to get right into it. We'll kick it off with Power Rank Monday. Then on to our featured interview with our buddy Vince talking about the book. I feel very official holding a book like I'm on a real, I know, like a I real know. show. <laughs> Weird Moments in Cleveland Sports, Bottlegate, Bedbugs, and Burying the Pennant and More. We will get into this in about 10 minutes. Uh, after that, finish up with Cleveland Headlines, brought to you by TSE Cleveland, and call it a show. Right. Let's kick it off with some Power Rank Monday. So, last week, Tim Van Newhouse came on the show, uh, announced Big Play Boxing, which huge, is coming huge. December 16th. People Go cannot wait. get your tickets. <laughs> It's going to be incredible in Westlake, Ohio. Just added a new fighter, 19-1-1 uh, out of Mansfield, kid named Chase. He's he's going to be the main event. Dude. So full-fledged boxing. We're all going to be there. Come join us. A night to remember in Westlake. So we're going to power rank Cleveland athletes who would make the best boxers. 
Now, are these current athletes or are these all-time do you athletes? Wanna, do you want to? We go current or former, I think. Right? I think we go all-time. We go current, all-time, anytime. Yeah, yeah, anytime. Any, if, if you are a Cleveland athlete, you qualify for this. Okay. Current or former. You can't say Stipe. Could we all agree on that, too? That's fair. Stipe doesn't count. Okay. Chris, who, who are you thinking? Who, who do you think would be most fun to see in the ring? I, I mean, I've got to go Albert Bell. Yeah, I knew you were going to go Albert Bell. I mean, i got to go Joey like now, slash now Albert, Albert Bell. Albert Bell. I mean, he'd fight for no reason, let alone if you actually put a squared circle out there. So, yeah, give me Albert yeah, Bell. But, Chris, one. don't you feel like Albert Bell now? Like, didn't Barstool just do this like a year ago when they had Jose uh, Canseco yeah, against yeah, an intern? Yeah, it was just really sad. I don't know if your Albert Bell dream is as cool as you want. Well, to see, and this gets to the heart of the question. Are we talking about Albert Bell now? <laughs> Maybe not so much, but you give me Albert Bell mid nineties. True, true. No one, no one is stepping into that squared circle with him. No one, right? I mean, at that time, maybe Mike Tyson, maybe some of the professional fighters, but outside of that, Albert Bell was crazy. Yeah. Nobody is going near that ring. Is it is it so weird if I just say LeBron since that's my answer for all of them? But I feel like with all the flack LeBron catches with the flopping and this, that, and the other thing, people forget that he's six foot. Eight, probably six foot nine, close to three hundred pounds, without an ounce of body fat on him. Do you know who I would absolutely love to see box? Anderson Verizhou versus Robin Lopez. That'd be cool, Chris. What is <laughs> Robin Lopez? Yes, <laughs> that'd be cool. Flip versus flop. <laughs> Flip versus flop. <laughs> oh fantastic. man! How about oh, Delhi? Got the marketing. Let's go. How about Delhi? I can see Delhi being scrapped. Especially if you throw him in there with another guy that's kind of a little bit nuts like him. I think James would be a good Now, now we, we've got Vince Wild there, card. and so I know we're going to talk about this guy at some point. He's got him in the book, but Bill Lambeer. plugged in. Remember Bill Lambeer? We mostly remember him as yeah, being, Mike. you know, an opponent of Cleveland teams. But, <laughs> man, he was here in Cleveland for, for a short time, and that guy could duel down low. With the bad boys, with Cleveland, that'd be a good one in the ring. Yeah, that would be a good one. All right, Chris, I'm going to change it up on you a little bit. What would you say for current <laughs> Cleveland Browns? Who would you go with? Browns, current. current Garrett, Cleveland Chubb? Browns. Uh, you know, I got to go Miles, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wouldn't you go Miles Garrett? You look at that guy with his shirt off, and like I, that would scare ninety percent of your fighters right out of the ring. I don't. Yeah, I don't even know who you would pair up against them. Would you? Uh, and the walk-up costume. Yeah, I mean, you know <laughs> that'd be cool. The showmanship. Out. The showmanship. What about David Njoku? The entourage he'd bring up, I mean, oh, man, that, yeah. that would be the whole thing. And they're the fight smoke. fans, too. I mean, Miles Garrett's like a, a big UFC guy, so I feel like he would know how to do it up. Okay, can yeah. you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, about- awesome. Chris, you kept talking over me, but I think it's because my mic wasn't working. Oh, yeah. It's but now completely- I'm here, and I can be heard, <laughs> and I wanted to say spazzy james karen i want to <laughs> see him in in the ring you know how he would just be crazy and i don't That'd know if you nuts. guys glossed over it but this would be a no. total show <laughs> who would who would go in again on the other side right uh that's the question john rocker mm. john rocker there's a classic he'd be a good heel he'd be a real good heel 
who who else is like kind of spazzy like Karen Check, but on any of the other team, Jetty Osman is the only because <laughs> he's kind of just well, like we all don't over want the two point. Cleveland guys fighting each other though, no. right? What about Kelly or what about Kelly Olnick versus Kevin Love? Bring back yeah, that I don't feud. Know. I don't know. Kevin loves. I wouldn't want to see. Nah, I love Kevin. I don't. I don't want to see any elderly abuse. Yeah. Kevin would win. Ouch. He's not that old, Gab. Come on. I know, but I mean, he mocked LeBron last night. This is Didn't true. I'll give that? you that. I like that tweet, McNeil. Yeah, I mean it was a clean block. Everybody saw it. I was just trying to shoot for people in their prime. Yeah, like, yeah. Who are really, you know. Karen Tech would be fun, especially. I would love to see like his technique because he is so spazzy with how he pitches. Like, mm-hmm. what what would that even look like? You know, he'd be everywhere. I feel like. I think that yeah, could <laughs> like, he, go, he couldn't he go would, more than however be many rounds with, like, because he would exhaust all his energy like right out of the gate. Uh, how, how have we not mentioned Josh Naylor? Oh, oh, why? How did we not? That's the winner. Josh because you said no Cleveland versus Cleveland, but yeah, yeah. just him versus somebody. Him versus yeah, yeah. anybody. Yeah. Josh Naylor reminds me of like. A heavyweight, but doesn't quite look like he doesn't have the height. But he's like the heavyweight <laughs> UFC guy going out there. Yeah. But it's not UFC; it's like Bellator. Dude, that would be fun, especially like you know he would like knock somebody out in the first ten seconds and then just come unglued and go absolutely nuts. He just goes out, grabs the the kid, and just starts rocking. <laughs> I it. know, head butts the the ring posts, you know, the corner <laughs> post. It would be crazy. About, we have some lunatics in Cleveland sports, that's for sure. We do. How about Draymond Green against Kendrick Perkins? Oh, Perk. I mean, Draymond. Perk we just there. saw Draymond throw that punch at Jordan Poole. Yeah. But that's I mean, pretty Perk, good. That's a good. That's pretty good. That's a good, pretty good punch. Yeah. Perk's got six fouls to give every yeah. single one he wakes up. I don't. I think my money would be on Draymond. Okay, so I once we once we get through the first boxing event, December sixteenth, go get your tickets. I think we got to do a celebrity one after that, at least once a year. Yeah, once a year celebrity, once a year professional. I feel like the professional will definitely outperform from every <laughs> metric, viewership, revenue, sheer interest. Yes. However, I feel like just us being the degenerates that we are, we love to see some celebrities get in there and mix it up. That's right. How about we just do like a round robin with ex Browns quarterbacks? Oh, the, wow. Yeah, First and like idea. really like build like a like a bracket. <laughs> yeah, I want to see Johnny Manziel out there. Chris, you just do like, a winner Tim goes Couch. on. Tim Couch could take out some people. I mean, if he could fight, you've seen his physique, man. Yeah. He is built. Have you ever if seen those fight those fights bit? where you know, if if one guy wins, then the next yeah. one goes in. You just start with Tim Couch and just see how many quarterbacks he can knock out. How far through you think you you think you can get to like Brady Quinn? Nick, can you pull up a list of Cleveland Browns quarterbacks Ty, real quick? Ty Detmer down. I think you got to like the the bigger guys are going to be the sleepers, right? So like even like the weird Eric like, Anderson, like like the Brock Osweilers of the world, who's like <laughs> six six, you know, six seven, just get in there and start throwing haymakers against. A smaller guy like RG3 at this, you know, my fellow Washington Commanders owner, RG3, I should say. Yeah, how much of this is your build versus technique? Mm, I feel like when it's people I feel like there's not going to be much technique. Yeah, I feel like there's not going to be much technique. I feel like you just go in there and start swinging. Yeah, but what about the guys who are light on their feet and who can really move? I mean, I don't know. That helps. I think technique, I I feel like that could be a big part of it. All right, so let's let's go through this. So (laughs) we'll start start with Tim Couch, okay? How far could Tim Couch? Does Tim Couch beat Kelly Holcomb? Yes. 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 Okay, Tim Couch still, still holds it. Jeff Garcia. 
Yeah, he was old. Oh, he pound he Jeff Garcia. Pound Jeff yeah. Garcia. <laughs> Luke McCowan. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Both Trent Dilfer. Dilfer yes. Dimes. There's that no way he fight. could fight. He couldn't even play football. Charlie Fry. I don't know. Akron Cle- legend. Yeah, Cleveland kid. You know these Cleveland guys all have hands. We were just talking about it with Tim with Jake Paul. All these all these dudes from Cleveland are Tim good Couch fighters. would destroy Charlie Fry. DA. Derek DA? Anderson. That would be a good one. He's got Derek the height. Anderson wouldn't care that much. I just <laughs> All right. He'd lose interest. He'd lose interest. I'm giving it to Tim Couch. All right. Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn is not going to mess up that face. Yeah, Brady Quinn still fatigue. got it. I think he can. No yeah, way Brady he's Quinn messing up that it. face. He may have the physique, but he's not going to mess up the face. Tim Couch is going to take him down. All right, Whoa. we're still going Tim Jeez. Couch. Wow. Colt McCoy. No. Tim Couch. Poor, Tim Couch. Colt McCoy. Poor guy. Ken Dorsey. Oh, Ken Dorsey. Yeah, that rage a couple weeks ago. Wasn't that him slamming? Oh, yeah, that was him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we know Ken Dorsey has the... There's your sleeper. There it is. I'm still going Tim Couch over Dorsey. Yeah, but you guys have to factor in that he would have fought in everybody by this point. No, it's all right. Fresh. This is not how the game is played. (laughs) All right. This is like video games. Yeah. Unlimited stamina, Nick. Okay. Brandon Whedon. That's... Brandon Whedon oh, like, stuck dude, under a, the flag. He's, he's a blue-collar country he's hillbilly out on the farm. Brandon oh. Whedon is probably 50. Because yeah. what was he? He was no, 45 he when he played. No, he wasn't. He turns 40. Does oh, he really? I was just joking. Oh, my goodness. What about wow. uh, Brian Hoyer? All right, so Colt McCoy, yeah, Brian Brandon Whedon, Jason Campbell. I Ooh, think Jason Campbell might. That's a bigger guy. I think he beats Tim Couch. Especially yeah, this deep. That. All right. And all remember, right, so. Mary Kay said he was elite. So. Yeah. Jason Campbell, I think consensus he moves on. All right. He moves on all in right. 2013. All right. Phil's Jason guy. Campbell, Brian Hoyer. Jason, no. Jason Campbell. Yeah. Even though my Cleveland cl- kids, Johnny Football, I feel like Johnny's like a bar fight guy. Yeah. Not yeah. Like oh, a well, you, sk- you skipped over. Oh, no. Yeah. We Okay. But Josh McCowan. No. Josh McCowan. Are you kidding? Ivan Drago? <laughs> I mean, he looks like him, but that doesn't... But Drago goes down, so... <laughs> yeah, if you've ever seen... Spoiler alert to those who haven't... I would oh, go sorry, Josh sorry, McCowan. Sorry, I, I would go Josh McCowan over Jason Campbell. No? Am I am I getting outvoted yeah, here? no, no. All right, Jason no. Campbell's moving on. Chris? Yeah, Jason Campbell moving on. All right, on. Jason Campbell moving on. Cody Kessler. No, trust me. Trust me on this Trust one. me. Uh, RG three. Oh, that's a pretty good. Uh, no, one right quick. I give it to RG three. RG three was braille and brittle. When yeah, grown, but I'm gonna have Why to did we veto. Why over Money Man's Because he was bar fights, not gloves. Yeah, those are yeah. like usually the. Qualify. He wouldn't make it through the drug testing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're doing that. All right, Deshaun Kaiser. Okay, actually. No. Pretty big guy. He was a big guy. Yeah. Yeah. No. Jason Campbell's still winning. Okay. Baker Mayfield. Scrappy. <laughs> Case? Keenum? Kevin Hogan. Oh, Kevin Hogan. Oh, Kevin Hogan. No. We forgot Kevin Hogan. Tyrod no. Taylor. No. He's got speed. I kind of like the Tyrod Taylor. I like that match. Tyrod but... gives you like that kind of like Floyd energy where he's just all yeah. over the place. You can't Nick, touch him. Nick the franchise Mullins. Dude, I love him, Nick Mullins. Yeah. I was pulling for him so hard in that Jason game. Campbell's beating Raiders him. Game. Yeah. All right, yeah. and then we got Jason Campbell against Jacoby Brissett. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Jacoby could beat him. No? 
Jason Campbell for the win. Jason, Jason Campbell. Campbell goes through the ringer. Interesting. This now, segment took a turn. He's still got a face. He's unlocked the competitor now. Deshaun. What about Deshaun? Deshaun steps out. I don't want Deshaun anywhere near a boxing he's- ring. <laughs> <laughs> Until that $230 million is off the books. Let's keep that dude far away. He could come sit at a table at Westlake on December 16th, but he is not stepping anywhere near that ring with no gloves on. All right. <laughs> I think Deshaun wins that one. You think he'd throw in the towel? Oh. oh really? <laughs> that's, that's what you grab the mic for? All right. It's time to move on because we have our featured interview of the night live in the Labatt Cave. Another in-person interview it is live. Here we are going into the featured interview of the week. It is Weird Moments in Cleveland Sports by our buddy Vince. Vince, come on in, my friend. on the cans put something up musical chairs there we go there we we are vince how are you my friend i am outstanding how are you we're we're doing good we're doing very good i am delighted so what do you think of the new studio we have moved out of the basement which do you prefer uh i you know this is i really love what you've done with the place here (laughs) why thank you why thank you (laughs) And hey, uh, so we have a microwave that we can cook nuggets. An air, air fryer, Chris, an air fryer. Air fryer, perfect. As long as we have a spot for nuggets. That's, I think, the last time Vince was in studio. Was yes, me right nuggets, before right? the, uh, yeah, right before the uh, world went off its uh, rollers. Right before COVID, yeah. That was like the last event that all of us did, because wasn't that... Me first nuggets. What, 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 was that in March? That was March of 2020, and then wow. next day, Chris and I went to Wizard Con, and Chris made friends we with Kato Kalen, and uh, we did. the rest, That's as right. they say, is history. The last <laughs> thing I did before COVID was Kato Kalen at uh, WizardCon. That was amazing, meeting him and, and that's going around with him. And I, said, and I can't I believe we not- didn't get sick from that. I said, I really boy, can. I better not die from COVID if, because if the last thing I do before Kato everything Kalen. happens is going to uh, a wizard con with Chris, I'm going to be annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> well, looks and like we had Kato Kalen on the show after that. We yes, did. Yes, o- you did. OJ was guilty. That's what Kato said. OJ That's actually right. comes up in the book. Really? I was going really? to say, you were productive segue. over COVID, and, I was. and you put something really cool together. But, we're excited uh, to showcase OJ it. OJ actually comes up in the book because <laughs> there's a whole chapter on thefts. Oh. And we talk about the uh, infamous incident. We were talking about this before the show of uh, Albert Bell's cork bat and the uh, Mission right. Impossible to try and get that out of the White Sox clubhouse. We talk about when Austin Carr's so, banner so wait got a second, stolen. Wait a second. Stop there. You've got to tell the story. For those that don't know about the magic that is Jason Grimsley going up into the bowels of Wrigley Stadium, of Wrigley Field. No, it was it oh, was Comiskey. Comiskey. Yeah, Comiskey. It was, yeah, it was it was right out of the oh. All Star break in '94. The uh, Indians were were running hot and heavy with the uh, with the White Sox, and they go to Chicago, and um, Albert Bell comes up and. Gene Lamont was a manager of the White Sox, and he says, I think Albert Bell's doctoring his bats. And uh, the umpire says, okay, we're going to confiscate this bat, uh, and we'll check it after the game. 
and they put the bat in the in the umpire's dressing room. And it was uh, it was definitely corked because uh, I believe it was Omar Vizquel said later that all of Albert's belt Albert's bats were corked. <laughs> and the um, the the bat is there, and and it didn't come out until uh, a few years later that it was Jason Grimsley that did this. But yeah. somewhere uh, somebody went into the bowels of Comiskey Park, um, snuck into the. Uh, into the umpire's dressing room, took the, the bat out, work, right, or, or or in between, like That's, through the drop. Yeah, down it was. Ceiling. I guess it was. You know, the 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 clubhouse had you know these cinder block walls, and then the drop ceiling was on top of the cinder block walls. And and Grimsley said that you know he kind of shimmied along the top of these walls, and he gets down into the into the umpire's dressing room, takes that bat, replaces it with a uh, very well worn Paul Sorrento model. <laughs> This was not the perfect crime because I think the second they picked up the bat, they said, this is not the same bat. It yeah. was, and it was evident that it was not the same bat. Oh, man. And um, so obviously, you know, they said, um, you know, bring us the bat, no questions asked, and we'll handle it from there. And, and they knew that Albert was, was dead to rights. And he ended up doing a... Uh, he ended up getting suspended a little bit for that. But the game he comes back actually comes up in the book as well. It was a doubleheader at Fenway Park. And it was, uh, I, I think Albert came back in the first game um, or he came back in the second game. But one of the other games was Jack Morris's last outing with the Cleveland Indians. And, and I do a whole chapter called, Hey, that, I can't believe that guy was here. And it's yeah. about all of these guys that, you know, you think of as accomplished for other teams that for one point or another uh, played in Cleveland. Len Dawson was a quarterback for a hot minute for the Browns. Um, Jack Morris played for, for the Indians. Uh, Walt Frazier ended his career with the, with the Cavs. Um, the infamous Keith Hernandez signing for the Indians. Oh, yeah. And, you know, what was really funny is they were looking for, you know, a first baseman who, who had a little pop in his bat. And the choices came down to Hernandez or this guy who'd been tearing the cover off the ball in Japan, Cecil Fielder. And they ended up hiring, Herna er, hiring Hernandez, and, and it just worked out great for everybody but the Indians. <laughs> so, Vince, back to the Albert Bell Cork story for a second. I, it seems like Mission Impossible almost. Like, did they have a blueprint on how to get back there through the ceiling? Yeah. How, how, did, how did logistically that go down? I, you know, I'm not entirely sure, but I, it, it sounds like there was, you know, a general consensus that, that Albert Bell could theoretically be in big, big trouble. Yeah. And they said, uh, and Grimsley says, I can go in there and get the bat. <laughs> and and I don't know if he had, you know, the if the, the schematics were leaked to him by the Impossible Mission Force or whatever, but he ended up... <laughs> Being able to figure out how he could roll around in the uh, in the drop ceiling and end up in uh, in in the umpire's dressing room, huh. insane. Yes, but the, and then and then the other theft in there was O.J. Simpson's bust was actually stolen from the Football Hall of Fame one day, and this was uh, it, this would have been uh, right around '95 when when everything was was going on with O.J. and now the busts are bolted down in in that big room with with all the with all the statues. Oh, but yeah. at the time they weren't, and somebody just 
walked out with it. And they ended up finding it off of uh, off of 77 as you're heading into Cleveland on the east side a couple of days later. On the side of the road? Yep. Really? I think an ODOT mowing or, or litter pickup crew or something found it. Wow. Crazy. Only stuff that would happen in Cleveland or in the Cleveland universe, right? I mean, you know, when I went into this, I'm going, this I, goofy stuff ha- happens everywhere, I'm sure. Sure. But boy, I don't know if it's something in the water or what, but it really seems like there there is an inordinate amount of stupid things that happen. Yeah, where did you get the inspiration for this? Did you just have a, a few stories in your back pocket that you were like, oh, these would be good? Or how did you piece together and accumulate all that you put into the book? Truthfully, Chris helped me crowdsource it. This is the this is probably the first uh, the first work of, of serious literature, well, maybe not that serious, <laughs> that resulted from Twitter. So it's it does. True. It's it, true. I'm even in the acknowledgments, Tim or uh, Vince put me in there right there at the back, the very first acknowledgement. So thank you, Gab, for bringing that up. Yeah, no, yeah. And it's, you know, stories. we were talking about all these these goofy things that happen. And yeah. every time I bring up the book, the same thing happens. Somebody asks, well, is this in there? Is that in there? In fact, you said, hey, Vince is going to be on the show talking about this book. And, and, and Brian Shaw, the journalist, not the pitcher, says, you have the staff infections in there. <laughs> yes, I saw I that. Say, yes, yes, we do. <laughs> and, you know, that's the same thing. Hey, what about the time that the, uh, that, you know, and, and then, of course, every August 24th, on uh, if, if you're watching the Guardians game, they'll say today in 1919, Ray Caldwell was struck by lightning at League Park. Oh, and yeah. then he got up and finished the game. So, you know, there are all of these anecdotes that are out there. It's like the line from Heat. All of this is out there. You just have to be able to reach out and grab it. Yeah. So Vince, you've been in the field for quite some time. Was there any stories going into this book, whether that was from Twitter or your own research, that you didn't know about? I wouldn't say there was a lot that I didn't know about. There are a lot of things that I didn't realize or I had seen at the time and then had no recollection of it afterwards. Because, I mean, you could have took money off me with this one. Uh, do you know who the winning pitcher was that Sunday night ESPN game where the Indians came back against the Mariners in 2001? You know who Charles got the win? Peggy. No. No. A uh, recent acquisition by the team, closer John Rocker. No. Oh, we wow. were just talking about John Rocker. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, you learn stuff like that and wow. you go, well, I had completely forgotten that this happened. Or in some instances, I had completely blocked out that this had happened. Yes. Because, I mean, this, this writing this was equal parts hilarious and traumatic. <laughs> you know, we're coming up on the Thanksgiving season here. And uh, one of my favorite, favorite episodes at WKRP in Cincinnati is the turkey incident, right? As Where God they throw is the turkeys out of, the, out of the helicopter fly. and he swears that uh, turkeys could fly. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Ted Stepien, and he had an idea with softballs off the Terminal Tower, if I believe that correctly. Is that right? Well, uh, yes, and and it's it's funny because in the, um, they had done stuff like this all the time. Like at one point in Washington, they dropped balls off the uh, Washington Monument, and then in the '30s, they had dropped balls off the Terminal Tower, and I believe it was Frank Pitlack, who's a, like a second string catcher for the Indians, actually caught one of them. And in 1980, the uh, Terminal Tower was celebrating its 50th anniversary, and they said, we want to do this again. And they go to the Indians, and they say, do you want to do this? And they said, hell no. 
And then Ted Stepien says, yes, yes, I want to do this. Because he owned the Cavs, but he also owned a professional slow-pitch softball team, the competitors. And so he went up to, to the top of the terminal tower, and he had a couple of his guys down on, on, uh, uh, on the ground, and they were doing this at, uh, at the lunch hour one, one weekday. And he started throwing softballs off the, uh, the, the top of the tower. And the first one, like, hit the street and bounced, like, 10 feet in the air. And then the second one hit the uh, – dented the roof of somebody's car. And then, you know, another one actually broke a woman's arm because she was looking up like this, and it came down, and it, and it hit her, and it, and it broke her arm. And then eventually they caught one, thank God. Uh, and uh, that was kind of the end of that. Although I, I feel like in, in, in the long, long list of things that Ted Stepien did, I mean, that's, that's just one of them. Right, right. That's kind of low on the list. I mean, there, there's rules that were created because of that man. Yes, yes, there are. That's, you know, he was uh, hilariously uh, inept as an owner. He was, he was uh, <laughs> even quicker on the, uh, on the trigger than uh, Jimmy Haslam was when it came to firing coaches. He hired and fired, uh, I believe, three different coaches in the span of a calendar year. That's amazing. Wow. And it started with him. By our standards. That's right, amazing. right. And one of the coaches that he hired very briefly and then fired was this assistant from the Philadelphia 76ers named Chuck Daly. And Daly's next job, of course, was at the Pistons, and he won a couple of titles with them. And but, a gold medal. And Well, yes. And uh, But Stepien, you know, loved making trades. He loved trading uh, players. He loved trading away draft picks, not just for players, but for not great players. Uh, and, and the rule you were talking about, um, it is now, and at one point his trades were so bad that the league had to step in and say, you don't make any deals without league approval. <laughs> Could you imagine that these days? <laughs> uh, I mean, it was a vastly different time at that point. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think in the NFL, uh, Pete Rozelle was still a commissioner and I think he still granted draft picks for free agency signings. Actually, I believe that you could get you know, somebody in return in the NBA uh, for a free agency signing. That's how that that's actually how Walt Frazier ended up in Cleveland. OK, but uh, he uh, but Stepien kept making these deals. And I, I think it was Dick Mata from uh, from Dallas who said, you know, I was afraid to uh, I was afraid to get up from my desk and go to the John because I was afraid the Cavs I'd miss a call from the Cavs. And um, <laughs> but he ended up trading away so many draft picks that the NBA instituted a rule that says you can't trade first-round picks in back-to-back -back years, and they call it the Stepien rule. So he sells to the Gunn brothers, and the Gunn brothers, I mean, the team was hamstrung. They had no first-round picks for like the next four years. And the Gunn brothers actually had to buy back draft picks from the league so they could actually participate in the NBA draft. Wow. And not hey, not to backtrack here, but going back to our uh, gauntlet of Browns quarterbacks, our our Twitter comments have not been working for quite some time. But Bernie Kosar texted of the Bernie Kosar show. Go check that out every Monday. One of the greatest shows on the internet. And he says Couch would win for sure. So See, we were wrong, Chris. We were wrong. Couch goes through the gauntlet. Wow, even against Campbell, too. Even wow. against Campbell, yep. Okay. Had to throw that in there. Vince, any thoughts on that? Do you agree with that? 
I, you know, I, I I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I think that the, the, oh, we are. The you one know, thing science here. Yes, then, yes. You know. I think that the one thing that Tim Couch demonstrated, and it would be very important for a boxer, is how well he can take a hit. <laughs> <laughs> hey oh, there you go. Vince, I know uh, a little bit before the show, we were talking through some recent memories. One of my favorite was Jermaine Whitehead at his locker on social media, fighting with the media members in Denver. It was cut shortly after. Is that one of your favorite? It's one of my favorite of recent times, but was that one of the funniest uh, current to go through? I mean, and it, the, the thing that amazes me is how quickly this all happened. Because, yeah. I mean, he was... Uh, we all remember the one play where he he waved at the guy who ended up running and scoring a touchdown for the Broncos. And, you know, this all happened so quickly because, I mean, and, and Dustin Fox was watching the game and said that was a terrible attempt at tackling. Right. And, and I feel like that was the kind of, you know, that was a fairly objective, non-controversial statement. And then uh, Jermaine Whitehead thought that was a controversial statement and responded with a statement that was even more controversial. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, he, he threatened to do Dustin bodily harm and, and any other fan who, who was of like mind. Uh, but and I believe he was briefly actually banned from Twitter for making threats, like just a couple of hours. Yeah. And then he comes back and he's just and he is just not the least bit chastened. He transferred over. I remember this like it was yesterday. He transferred over to his Instagram. So he got banned on Twitter and he immediately hopped on the Instagram and just started going to war in those comments. Fun stuff. It's why Al Gore invented the internet. <laughs> Are there any other current ones that come to mind? I know that's that's a big one. That's that's definitely one of my personal favorites. I feel like there's a lot from the 2019 Browns, with the clown shoes and the Rolexes, but oh, there there are just just so many to 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 pick from. I mean, obviously the 2019 Browns. I think the biggest. You know, examples are are uh, are the adventures of Freddie Kitchens, and, yeah. and uh, you know, you want to talk about uh, athletes involved in fisticuffs. Uh, I'd put my money on Miles Garrett if he could wear a uh, helmet on each hand. <laughs> wow, with the one-liners tonight. I know, geez. Vince woke up feeling dangerous. If I may, I worked. I was. I've been. Uh, I've been working on my material. So one of the things that, you know, we've talked about on the show was back in the day that George Steinbrenner wanted to buy the Indians. Now, one of the things that you brought up in the book that not only did George Steinbrenner look at buying the Indians at one point, so did one Donald Trump. You want to tell us, tell us a little bit more about Trump trying to buy the Indians. Donald Trump it wanted to buy. Yep, there it is. The Donald and the tribe. Donald Trump wanted to buy a major league baseball team, and he was not indiscriminate about it. In the early 80s, he he uh, he at least kicked the tires on the Mets. That was his hometown team. Um, you know, I think he actually put in an offer to buy the uh, Twins, but you know, he he expressed some interest in buying the Indians in the early 80s while Steve O'Neill uh, owned the team. And I I can't express this enough, but the Indians from like the late 50s until the Jacobs bought the team. I mean, they were I, hanging on by their fingernails. It seemed like every couple of years or so there was a fresh rumor that they were moving somewhere. 
they had a legitimately hard time uh, filling the stands and keeping the lights on. They should have made a movie about that. Right. Uh, <laughs> there's a story in here about Frank Robinson getting in a fight with a pitcher in an exhibition game against the Indians' AAA affiliate, at the time the Toledo Mud Hens. And the reason that the Indians were playing the Mud Hens is they had to make a payment to this affiliate or go play an exhibition, and they didn't have enough money to make the payment. So everybody got on a bus and went to Toledo and played the, and played the Mud Hens. But anyway, so the, the team gate? was... Is that, what, is that what it was? What? So you generate the gate? Yes, Wow. That is exactly what it is. And and what happened is in in uh, in the early 80s, you know, Donald Trump said, "Hey, I'm interested in in buying uh, uh, in buying the Indians." And there were two big problems with uh, with this purchase attempt. Uh, first of all, Donald Trump uh, had gambling interests. He owned uh, I think he owned one of the one of the casinos in 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 Atlantic City even at the time. And also um, you know, he was not, he said, the Indians need a new stadium, but he was not willing to commit to keeping the team in Cleveland. So they really were not anxious to sell to him. And then Steve O'Neill died and he said, I'm going to make you uh, another offer to try and buy the team. And, and again, you know, nothing really ever came of it, but I, you know, I thought it was great. Uh, Tony Grossi, I don't know if he was covering the Indians at the time. I know he was covering the Indians when Len Barker threw his perfect game. But Tony Grossi wrote a feature about Donald Trump and his efforts to buy the Indians, and I think this is the funniest thing he ever wrote. He said, Donald Trump seems like the kind of person who wakes up in the morning, realizes that a billion Chinese people don't know who he is, and is very concerned about that. That's a great line. It is, and, and it has been worn out to be true. Yeah. And so uh, Trump ended up uh, buying into the USFL, and that is another story for another time. Uh, Jeff Perlman wrote a book called Football for a Buck about that whole odyssey, and I highly recommend it if you have not read it. And um, then he went and uh, stole Brian Sipe away from Art Modell. It's amazing. It all comes back to Cleveland, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it does. It's, it's all rotational. It's amazing. <laughs> Time's a flat so circle. So Vince, are we gonna have a second edition of this book? Because you've got to already be thinking about stories that you didn't put into this one, yeah. stories that are coming out right now that continue to evolve in Cleveland sports. There's got to be at least enough material to fill another volume. I mean, it it really is the gift that keeps on giving, right? right? But uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I got I I got enough things in the hopper that you know I am willing to. Because what happens when you write, uh, when you take on a project of this size, uh, regardless of the topic, first of all, you have to be really, really interested and really, really love the topic to write a 60,000 page book or a 60,000 word book. Let's, let's not get too far. 60,000 page. No, that's, that's, that's more even, even than, than I think I'm capable of, but <laughs> 60,000 words. I mean, you, you have to, you know, really, uh, really want to pursue this project. And, and then when you're done, you want to be done with it for a little while, at least. I mean, it's it's one sure. of those things. And and I have this problem as as a writer in general. I mean, there are things like every six months I will go back and revisit something I wrote, and I went, wow, this is terrible. 
And, you know, it's, it's, there are a lot of things that I have written that, that for whatever reason, I just don't want to look at again. So I'm not going to say I'm never going to do a sequel on this, but I'm not, certainly not going to do it like right now. Hmm. How's that? That's every artist's input. Vince, enough material to accumulate, so it'll probably take at least six months for that to happen. Right, yeah. We'll, we'll, see what the, we'll see what the Browns do in the offseason. I found what I was looking for. What's that? Special delivery for Chris Perez. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. You know, on a, Brom. on a serious note, it just astonishes me how much, how many of these stories that in, involve, you know, players running afoul of the law involve weed. <laughs> and and that really and and you know on the one hand that seems kind of quaint now, I mean given that you know you can get a contact buzz by uh, by going outside sometimes, and but on the other hand you know you think of how many people got in more trouble than they probably deserve to get in, because of marijuana. But uh, I mean I'm not going to say that Chris Perez did not deserve the trouble he got in. I'm not going to say that Chris Perez did deserve the trouble he got in. But it really was. An absurd set of circumstances. <laughs> Vince, kind of bringing us full circle back to this book. Where can everybody get it? When's it come out? You know, everybody loves themselves some weird Cleveland sports stories. So where could they pick this up? And more importantly, where could they tweet at you the stories that you missed and the bizarre things that come through people's mind on Twitter? I am at Vince Guerrero. Uh, and the book is uh, published by Grand Company Publishers. Uh, it is available through them, grayco.com. Um, it is also available, it'll, uh, and if it's not yet, it will soon be available at most of the usual suspects. Uh, I got some uh, book signings. I'm getting lined up at uh, various Barnes and Nobles. Uh, I'm going to be at the Baseball Heritage Museum at League Park this Saturday, uh, giving a talk and uh, signing some books. I'm going to be at Visible Voice next month. Um, so, you know, it's not, uh, hopefully it's not going to be that hard to find and, uh, hopefully it'll make a great Christmas gift. Yeah, absolutely. Christmas season. Yeah. These are great stocking stuffers right here. I've already bought several myself. And oh, by the way, Vince, my mom, who's an avid reader, read this book. And not only did she say it was great for all the information, but she also praised your writing and said you made it so much more even interesting. Even though she was already interested in the material, you just brought it to the next level. So high praise from my mom, Mick Grandma on Twitter. You think I do this for a living? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, thanks for sharing your talents. I'm uh, And humble too. <laughs> Good stuff, Vince. Nick's pressing buttons. Trying to get a round of applause. Oh, there it is. There it is. And Vince is also, for those of you who don't know, he is the guy behind the guy for the Owen 16 parade. Vince is the one that who comes up in the me. acknowledgments too. I, I believe my exact words were I talked Chris into a parade and he talked me into a book. So I think we're even. If it wasn't for you giving me the paperwork and saying it was only this one application and $25 and you can have a parade in the city of Cleveland, I would never have done it. And honest Vince to God, I, I got a, I got a text from Chris and he says, so I heard from the city of Cleveland and I figured he's going to tell me, they said, we all had a really good laugh at the office. We're sending you back your $25. And they said, we'd like to meet with you and form a plan on security and sanitation. <laughs> 
I was like, what did you get me into, Vince? What and, that's, I and I said the same thing. I said, oh, God, what did I get this guy into? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. well, Vince, Bernie says if you need any THC, there's a bottle right back there uh, that he left when he was here in the studio today. So I, I will. Uh, I, I appreciate the offer. <laughs> Vince, good stuff. Thanks for coming on, my friend. I assure you it was my pleasure. Thanks, Vince. All right, we are moving on to our Cleveland headlines brought to you by TSE Cleveland. Let's keep it going. All right, TSE Cleveland, go check them out. Go get some signed Browns merchandise. We have given away a ton of giveaways with them, including that Nick Chubb signed jersey last week. Look out for some new ones. Let us know who you want to have uh, as the next giveaway. Um. All right. It is. It is time for some Cleveland headlines. I kind of like this, Dave. Look at what? this. It's kind of like McAfee style. I'm standing right now. You're standing. Yeah. Really? I'm standing. Yeah. I mean, you could adjust those puppies right there. Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of like you're both going standing. It, it would be cool. Yeah. When we you can stand, go yeah, for we'll, it. We'll make a mental note. I want to see if you guys can figure it out. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cleveland headlines. Cleveland headlines. Midpoint of the season. Let's look ahead to the second half. How many games? Do the Browns win out in these last nine? And, Nick, we were talking about this before the show started uh, this week. I can't believe we only have three more Jacoby games. I know, and I can't believe also you look at this schedule, not a whole lot of home games left either. I mean, you have you, you welcome the GOAT to town, Tampa Bay, on the 27th, then Christmas Eve, New Orleans Saints are in town, and then yep. a primetime game against Baltimore with uh, Deshaun Watson at quarterback, and that, that about wraps yeah. up the home schedule, guys. So only three home three. games left. Wow, that is incredible. Yeah. That hasn't occurred to me. Yep. Yeah, they played a lot of home games, and it, for Jacoby Brissett, you know, I, I think, and Bernie said it great on his show, had you told me going into week, what is it now, week nine, that Jacoby Brissett would have done what he has done and he's kept been the phenomenal. season afloat. And he's thrown some interceptions, but he's also thrown some sweet touchdown passes. And he's yeah. showed off a better arm than I ever could have imagined. I totally 100% would have signed up for that. And I'll give a lot Andrew Barry a lot of props on that, Dave, because I was one of the people yeah. that thought it would have at least been feasible to explore a Jimmy Garoppolo. It would have at least been feasible to explore keeping a restructured Baker Mayfield in town, you know, to, to sure. hold over those couple games before Deshaun Watson took over. So I really am, you know, I, I guess I'm saying I'm eating my words that Andrew Barry really proved to me that just riding with Jacoby was the right thing to do. And this season, we've seen it across the league. Geno Smith is balling in Seattle, and it's kind of like a resurgence for a lot of these guys. So hats off to Jacoby. He's done a nice job. And to his credit, he's been a really good leader. I think yeah. not everybody's able to do yep. that, and it sounds like from the jump, everybody has rallied behind him, and you can see in his behavior and his mannerisms and when they have the camera on him and how he's interacting with all the guys, I think that's kind of a nice intangible that he brings. Yeah, he's one of the most popular guys. Let me ask you guys this. What do you think about this before we keep moving through some of the headlines? One last quick thing on Jacoby. Do you think it's feasible that he could be a long-term backup to Deshaun? I mean, he's an adult. Oh, absolutely. He's mature. He could make all the throws, but is he too good You know, no. to sign a two-, three-year deal as a backup? I don't think so. I don't think he's going to go out. I mean, he's he's looked really good. 
but I think you look at the the big time decisions in yeah. in the games. Go win the game for us. You need that out of a starting quarterback. I, I don't think he quite has it, but he is he's got to be one of the best backups in the entire NFL. Yeah, I hope, and I think that'll around. be his role. Yeah, I, I would love to keep him in Cleveland. I think he complements Watson really nice, especially, you know, we talked about it at the time, similar skill set, not identical, but he does a lot of the same things, and I think they could really help each other. I think it would be cool. Okay, are we done with the bouquets here on throwing these? I mean, okay, fine. He's great. He's, he's done a good job. I, I'm with you. Now let's get down to business. Of these last games, how many are the Browns going to win? All right, let's, I mean, so let's run it down. All right, all right. Adjusted so, schedule. All right, adjusted schedule. So we're going to Miami. Tua looks pretty good. They're six and three. I think we can win that game. Tyreek Waddle. You think we can win that game? I think we can win that game. I think we I'm can win that game. I'm giving us an L on that one. I'm all right, you're giving it an L. Okay, fine. I, At Buffalo, Josh L. Allen. Is it Josh playing. Allen? It could be Case I don't th- Keenum. I, don't think, I, don't, I do not think Josh Allen's going to be playing in that game. That's okay. only two weeks away. The bats are going to be flowing in upstate New York. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Yes, I can't wait. I think that's a win. If with that, Without Josh Allen, that's a win for the Browns. Yep. Tom Brady finally looked like Tom Brady on a game-winning drive this past week. I, I love how you say, yeah. Well, he didn't look great on the game-winning, the potential game-winning drive right before that. When <laughs> he got the ball back, and then he looked like Tom Brady after that. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, he looks pretty human right now. All right, I so out of those three, we have at least one win, correct? I, I'd, I'd take the Tampa Bay game. That's at home, and I'm not scared of Tom Brady right now. Of those three, I think you're getting one, but I really think you're getting two, guys. I think you find a way to win too. Crazy. I think you need to. How much of Bernie stuff you drink in there? (laughs) I I I think I I I really think you need two of those games. I mean, if you think about it, the games that the Browns have lost, and we've talked, we beat this horse until it was dead and not moving. The Jets game, the Falcons game, these were all one-score games. So you find a way to finish the job on one of those against a Miami or a Tampa, and then you know, just win the other one outright like what we saw in Cincinnati. I don't think it's that far off. I I don't know why. I'm, I'm feeling really good about where the Browns are at because of that Josh Allen injury. Uh, only three more games without Deshaun. I think having him in the building is going to be a big deal that the team's going to be getting ready to go, you know, have him at quarterback. Yep. I don't, I'm believing that this thing could be alive by the time they hand the reins to him against Houston. So the before the season. doesn't look nearly as bad either. Yeah, they, no, it yeah, doesn't. Hanford was saying that today. They're they're a way they're better really team than good. anyone said, and he was definitely yeah. the only person saying that. They're definitely that. one of those. Uh, yeah. They're one of those teams, though. They're winning in spite of their quarterback. Yeah. Zach Wilson's not very good. No, no, I would agree with that. Going into the season, knowing that Deshaun was suspended, when we looked at where do we need to be when he comes back. I don't think we're that far off from that. We said either six or five and five or five and six. I said if we yeah, if we were five and six, I'd be very very happy with that. We're two wins away. Two wins away, out of three. Got to get two or three. Come on, Dave. Got to get, get two, two or three. three. Got it's not to. Happening, guys. It's not happening. <laughs> what Chris is just Chris, buried. Did this. you watch the Bengals game? I did. I did. The Bengals looked good. I, well, no, 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 no. The the Bengals when we played them. No, I'm saying we looked really good against the Bengals, and yes. the Bengals looked really good. So that, by transitive property, also makes that win look even better than what it was. Right? Yeah. Why can't we do that else. again? Well, that's 
this is my Cleveland thinking, though. Now I think the opposite. Now I think the Browns are going to go out. They've got an extra week to prepare. So now we're going to throw an extra big egg on this one. <laughs> we're going to look horrible. You're, you're not setting yourself up to be hurt again. Come on, Chris. It's That's time. Right. I'm going in with low-ass expectations uh, on this one. Okay, I'll, I'll give you this because this Miami game, it, it's going to happen this weekend, and we're going to give our predictions for it like that. Will you buy back in, though, if the Browns look good against Miami? Say they beat Miami in a similar fashion that they beat Cincinnati and not roll over them like that, but win I'm already all the way back in uh, after too. one win. Me too. You guys so, really are. You think I'll, that they I'll have this back game in, in the I'll bag. buy back in by Sunday morning. There's no doubt. <laughs> all right, about. let's go. I mean, come on. That happens every week. But I'm telling you right now, Monday of this week, I am very, very pessimistic on the Cleveland Browns. All, all right. right. That's fair. That's fair. Gab, where, where are you at? Well, honestly, once when we were shooting the Bernie show today and we were breaking down the plays of with Tyreek Hill and um, Jalen Waddle, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's concerning with if I it's mean, concerned. No, I mean we just we gotta have our stuff together to to cover those fast guys like that. And then also, I think the Dolphins are six and one when Tua starts. So if he's yep. starting again, I'm I'm just I'm you know I'm just saying that I don't know that it's an easy in the bag. Like, well, it's not easy in the bag. No Cleveland Browns game right. is easy Even, in the bag. You guys are really excited, though. You're like, we're going to get that I one, know. and we're going to get that one. And I kind of actually, even though I'm the optimist, I kind of appreciate McNeil coming in as a realist here a little bit. Not, I Thank mean, you, some Gap. of our, some of your mental illness is showing because we all have it being Cleveland fans. <laughs> being, being, also, thank you, Gab. <laughs> that's just a toxic cycle playing out when you say I'm afraid to be hopeful. That's fair. Um, but oh, but there's I'm some validity good. to it too because what an anomaly that Bengals game was. I don't really even know. I agree. There's a way that I'm not really sure how to process that because it was amazing, and then it was like, oh, is that going to happen again? So. But what if it does? But what if it you does? You guys, and just keep getting your hopes up. Just keep getting your hopes up. <laughs> my hopes I are up, I always get my hopes up. Yeah. I know. The I Dolphins. Know. The Dolphins. 16, I had my hopes up every single game. <laughs> the Dolphins defense added Bradley Chubb, and they the, they still got run on for over 200 yards almost on Sunday. Nick Chubb, if Kevin Stefanski deploys him the right way, should have an absolute field day on Sunday. All right, so let's let's look at some bets. And it's Buffalo. Potentially too. Let's, yeah, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Let's go beat the Dolphins like me and Nick know we're going to. Yep. And then we'll move on to the Josh Allenless Buffalo That's Bills. Case Keenum. All right, let's look at some bets here. Browns Dolphins bets here. Over under 49. Over. I think that's a high point total, but these two teams not known for good defense and both are top 10 offenses right now. Mike yeah. McDaniel, everybody was crapping on that guy because he was like such a nerd and he was like giving those uncomfortable press conferences. And he reminded you of that guy from the Jets that his eyes were going all crazy. I'm blaming oh on that guy. Adam Gase. Adam, Adam Gase. Gase. Mike McDaniel reminded me of Adam Gase so much, but it actually seems like on the, on the flip side, he might actually be a genius. Adam Case? No, oh. uh, Mike McDaniel. <laughs> yeah. The Dolphins head coach is really good. So they're good. They're a good offense. Cleveland's a good offense. I like the over. That, that team has is, is definitely rallied around around him. He's I, I think he has that locker Which room. Which is so weird. It is kind of weird. Yeah, he <laughs> seems like a weird guy, but that's all right. Yeah, I mean, Miami's average 23.7 allows 24.9. Dolphins scored at least 31 points in two straight games. They are rolling. Yeah. Tyreek Hill... Gab was saying it earlier, leads the league in the entire NFL in receptions. Waddle's fifth. They're beating all of our receivers. 
uh, we, we, we could have some trouble there. But Ward, I think, Nick, he's coming back, right? Yeah, so Denzel Ward, it was interesting wording today from Kevin Stefanski, which I think everyone in Cleveland knows at this point that he's become a master at that. He's halfway through the concussion protocol, it seems. He was on the field today doing some things with the team. He was limited in practice, but just being able to clear that initial part and take the field, I think, is a huge step towards Denzel Ward playing. Also, you look up and down that injury report. Wyatt Teller said that he's going to give it a go. David Njoku said that he He's going to give it a go. So not only will you have your original secondary of Ward and Newsom against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, but you'll also have some big time guys on offense too. That is true. Okay. So Browns are four point underdogs. Gut feeling. That's a weird spread. I'm going to say it. If Vegas had faith in the Dolphins, it would be much more larger than a four point spread. It would be a five and a half. So Vegas, the odds makers, they don't really have all the confidence in the world in the Dolphins. And also, they don't know what the hell the Browns are going to give them. So that's why it's four, because they're like, it could go any way. And by the way, did you see Miami's defense against Justin Fields? That's what I'm saying. He ran all over them. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt on the field at the same time. I know the guys that do the math on Twitter and the spreadsheets are going to be yelling at me. It's it's the recipe to winning, especially against a bad defense like what they have going on in Miami right now. They right. added Bradley Chubb, and that yeah. still happened. Gab and Chris over under Nick Chubb rushing yards hundred. Oh, he's going to go over. I it's, think it's I, and it's got to be to get the yeah. win. I, I think we're going to see, and I'm also going to take the over on the points. I think we're going to see a lot of empty calories. We're going to see some like cheap touchdowns. Yep. I just think we're going to see some offense and not a whole lot of defense out of both teams. It's just a gut feel in this game. Kind of later on in the season, maybe a little laziness on defense. The scores start to get a little bit you know, swelled, and I, I could see that one kind of playing out in this game. It feels like that's what happens when the Browns plays the Dol- play the Dolphins. When you think back to that 2019 Freddie Kitchens year, like we were just talking about with Vince, that's yeah. when the offense kind of looked like it was normal, and it was like, okay, maybe Freddie and Baker have something going. Odell store- scored a touchdown. I think Jarvis scored a touchdown, too. They were buzzing offensively. That, that's kind of the theme when Miami plays Cleveland. Yeah, Empty all right. calories. Empty calories. Empty calories. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to the Cavs. Fans online are already saying that this is their favorite Cavs team ever. I that's almost all young. I know, Chris, you know what, though? <laughs> I almost tweeted something along those lines out. Like, this might be the most fun Cavs team ever. And then I'm like, what am I, what am I talking about? Let's no. delete that tweet. 2016 yeah. was the most fun, yeah. but it, but it was also stressful. So I'll give people this. The Cavs are extra fun right now because we knew that they were going to be good, but to be the second best team in the NBA, yeah. we didn't know that they were going to be there yet. So when you had LeBron, when you had Kyrie, when you had Kevin Love, there was so much added unnecessary pressure to be championship or bust every year, championship or bust every year. You have these superstars in their primes. Now it's a little bit different because you know you have DG for five years. You know you have Mitchell for at least three. Right. You have Mobley and Allen for four more. So it's like, this is really fun, but it's not as stressful as it was in 2015. That's a good point. Yeah. You know like what's that. a lot of fun, though? What's that? Championship parade. <laughs> are a lot of fun. And we had one of those in 2016, so I'll take that. But the other thing, though, that this team does have, and LeBron even alluded to it after playing the Cavs, is you've got a team that doesn't jump onto social media, 
doesn't get involved in a lot of unnecessary drama. And I don't know whether that was LeBron like projecting over the teams that Mm -hmm. he had, you know, back in the day in Cleveland, you know, some of the stuff going back and forth between him and Kevin Love and some of the other guys on that that team. Was that like a subtweet? Did he say that? Hey, all of these players are fitting in, not fitting fitting out. out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he said it in the presser yesterday. Mm -hmm. He kind of alluded to that. And he's right. It is so much fun to watch a team that just plays well on the court. You don't hear a lot of BS afterwards. You just get to tune in and enjoy them. So it's not it's not going to be my favorite team ever. As of Where's right it rank now, for you, Chris? Like, like, so, I mean, we grew up and we watched the Mark in, Price. Yeah, we're yeah. Right, 10 games in. You know, I'm still going to put them right now because of the fact it's such a limited uh, set. I, I would say it's behind those, those Cavs teams. I mean, I yeah. love Price, Elo, Doherty, Nance. I mean, it's Steve right below Cook, that, but it's, a, it, yeah, that. it's above fat Sean Kemp. <laughs> That's right. Hey, well, and, and the thing is you also knew the ceiling really on those nineties teams for mm-hmm. the Cavs because you knew there was a guy in the league by the name of Michael Jordan. Yes. And the chances of beating him were pretty slim. And uh, we, we, we put up the fight, and we had the shot, and we had some good runs at it, but it, it never quite happened. Whereas you get the feeling with this team, you never know what's going to develop. I mean, they're all so young. This isn't a team that's even close to, like, a finished product like that 90s team was. So, you know, the sky's the limit, and it's a little cliche, but, hey, I'm here for the ride, Dave. This is what we need this winter. Heck, yeah. Yeah, we need it. That big play boxing. Two things that are going to get us through this winter. Let's go. Uh, Nick, go ahead and take us out since I'm not really on camera. Thank you so much for watching another episode of the Big Play Reflog Show. As always, huge thanks to Labatt. Go pick up some Labatt. Go pick up some Labatt seltzers wherever you get your adult beverages. Also, go check out Shaq News. ShaqNews.com, the best video game content online. Follow TSE Cleveland. Subscribe to the Big Play Reflog YouTube channel. We're giving away a ton of signed Browns merch. Huge thanks to Vince stopping in studio, plugging his new book. We'll see you guys next week. Big Play Reflog. See you then. Peace. It's time. Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio. Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world, the Big Play. Reflog.